Shalom, and welcome to Israel Policy Pod. I'm your host, Evan Gottesman. And I'm Eli Koaz. Shalom, Evan. How's it going? It's going well. Have you been watching? Um, have you been watching the videos that the Israeli Health Ministry are releasing about coronavirus? Because there's a huge increase in COVID nineteen cases in Israel. Israel actually leading the world uh, in terms of like cases per million uh, population. The last seven days, averaging two hundred, almost two hundred cases per day, ahead of Brazil, Spain, the United States. Really crazy. What's going on here? So, have you been seeing those videos that the health ministry have? Been releasing? As all the normies out there who are into Israeli television are tuning into Tehran or rewatching some old Fauda episodes, the cool kids know that what you're really looking for is this new program, Sheila Tova, good question, from the Israeli Ministry of Health. And uh, I, I can count myself as a loyal viewer of that program, even though I'm not Israeli and I'm not in Israel. It's uh, you know, I think what really brought me to that uh, program, actually, is the music that they were using, which uh, struck a chord with me, you might say. It was oddly familiar to something I had heard from a series of Israel Policy Forum videos that you had created, Eli. Yes, I mean, for some reason, I was trying, I was focusing on, like, listening into this, this video, the Shalatova video, and just thinking about Israeli elections. And I don't know, it, it was weird, because I'm like, trying to focus, okay, this video is about COVID-19, but then just hear this music in the background. And I, I mean, I was astonished to discover that they were actually using the exact same track uh, for their Shela Tova video that we were using for our weekly videos uh, to cover Israeli elections during the, the three rounds of Israeli elections that we had, we've had in the past 18 months. So um, yeah, big news there. Um, big, big news. Pro probably the biggest news out of Israel, and I would say the past month is is to that this uh, Israel Policy Forum video has inspired the Israeli Ministry of Health to use this uh, stock music that we had been using. Um, you know, I, I, I want to stress that this is stock music, um, even though Eli is a very talented musician. Um, you know, I'm more the the opera singer. In the group, and you have a lovely podcast voice too. You have a really nice podcast voice, yeah. Lovely Thank you, podcast. Thank you, Eli. Voice. Yeah, you're Thank welcome. You, Eli. But but we want to say, even though this isn't uh, an original Eli Evan composition, Israel Policy Forum is the uh, we're the people who made this music popular. Right, we brought it to the world. We did. We did bring it to the world. I mean, before this this video, I'd, I had, I mean, I had never heard it used in another place. But I mean, let's hope. Um, I mean, we hope it was an effective way of getting people to pay attention to Israeli, Israeli elections. So let's hope uh, it will be effective in getting Israelis to listen to government guidelines, recommendations uh, to try to limit uh, the spread of COVID-19. Uh, yeah, I think uh, echoing you on all counts there, uh, this is, uh, you know, music can uplift, it can inspire. And uh, this stock music track in particular I, I hope will make people uh, more attuned to the seriousness of what we're all going through. And uh... Uh, so, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So with that, Evan, I mean, anything, I mean, anything else, any uh, big events coming up before we, before we close out? 
I'm kind of at a loss for things to talk about uh, regarding Israel, Israeli-Palestinian conflict, Israeli politics, uh, Israel and the wider Middle East region. Not a whole lot has happened in the last month. So this seems like a good place to close out. Maybe we'll play that uh, that stock music track as we cut out from this episode to give people their own boost today. What do you think, Eli? So yeah, so thank you everybody for tuning in. Um, we hope that you are well, that you are safe. I mean, obviously they have the right to you. Was it Toy, the Israeli, the, the Eurovision song that from Neta Barzilai that won the Eurovision song contest, that there was some accusation of, uh. Right. Uh, the people said that it sounded like, uh, Seven like Nation another, Army. So, yeah, Seven yeah. Nation Army. And like, I mean, I, I don't think we're going to get into a legal process here with the, with the Israeli Ministry of Health, but. No, I mean, I mean, look again. This is this is this is stock music. Uh, you know, it's stock we're just music. Glad, but I, I know, we, right. we're just glad we're just glad that we were able to popularize mm-hmm. uh, what's a really again what's an up, uplifting track. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna close out for this week, like Eli said. Uh, be well, and uh, we're gonna play that track, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Israel Policy Pod. Yalla bye. Wait a second, Eli. I don't think that was actually that the best wasn't place actually to end the our podcast. podcast. No, no, no. No, there, I, it it occurred to me that there actually has been some movement in terms of uh, dramatic headlines coming out of Israel and its neighbors in, in recent weeks. I mean, I know on previous episodes of this podcast we've talked about Israel and the United Arab Emirates, and and there's a lot of resources that I encourage you to check out from Israel Policy Forum on that including our recent briefing with Nimrod Novik, previous podcast with Ksenia Svetlova, uh, and with Sarah Hershorn. Uh, but this week we're going to be uh, looking inward at a little domestic Israeli political action. Exactly. So, I mean, most of the attention this week was, uh, there was a lot, obviously, on COVID-19 uh, and the spread in Israel, um, and also the the first uh, commercial flight, literally a television commercial almost, um, because it, it wasn't actually, it was an LL operated flight full of journalists and uh, Israeli politicians, but the first direct flight um, from uh, Ben Gurion Airport to Abu also Dhabi. Also, the, the first good mm-hmm. news for LL, uh, probably in a <laughs> yeah. very long time. Yeah, <laughs> apparently they called some pilots back from their. Uh, they uh, took called them back from their uh, their leave of absence uh, to to fly over Saudi Arabia for the first time, and I guess that's also notable that from now flights will be able to go through Saudi Arabia, leaving Israel. Um, obviously, not a lot of people traveling now, but when hopefully when traveling returns, it will cut a lot of the time, save money for flights that are, fly to to Asia from Israel and. Etc. So obviously, uh, good good news there. But internally in Israel, we had a major development in um, the major center left party trying to challenge Netanyahu. Uh, Yesh Atid, headed by Yair Lapid, obviously. Uh, Yair Lapid founded this party in 2013 after a long uh, career in journalism, and he has been the a uh, sole leader of the party um, for the last 
seven years. And it looks like for the first time he has a challenger and a challenger that has been with him uh, since day one. Right. So Ofer Shelach, who is a member of Knesset for Yeshatid, and as you mentioned, a colleague of Yair Lapid's who goes back to the establishment of Yeshatid and even before that in Lapid's life, uh, has called for the party to hold primaries and challenge uh, and he's challenging Yair Lapid for the leadership of the party. I think it would be good to establish who Shelach is and, and uh, what kind of position he's trying to bring here. I mean, you would say Ofer Shelach kind of represents the more left wing of the Yeshatid party. Uh, within you know within the spectrum of Yeshatid being a centrist political party. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. Um, I think he especially uh, when Yeshatid was blue and white, and when they were together with Benny Gantz, uh, with, with Benny Gantz's Israel Resilience Party, um, I would definitely say that uh, that Ofer Sherlach did represent uh, the more the the left uh, wing of the party. Um, he also he has a pretty uh, elaborate uh, like past as a journalist, um, and also he, he's a like IDF war veteran. He's written a lot on security issues uh, in Israel, but he definitely is an outspoken uh, supporter of the two state solution, something that has kind of disappeared. Um, um, for the most part, from the discourse right. in Israel. I mean, just and, just looking mm-hmm. at uh, what, you know, his record in the past uh, year mm-hmm. or so of uh, tumultuous events within Israel and within Israeli elections. I mean, when the joint list recommended Kahol Lavan uh, for the first time after the September election, I believe it was Ofer Shelach, who is uh, kind of the, the go-between with Ayman Oda of the joint list. Um, you know, he's advocated for... Uh, working with the joint list um, when Yair Lapid has been maybe more reluctant to um, be so outspoken on that uh, on that issue. Um, exactly. Also on the Trump plan, uh, you know, while Ofer Shelach, like most Israelis, um, embraced the plan in broad terms, he was pointedly critical of the uh the issue of the Israeli Arab towns of the region known as the Triangle in northern Israel being transferred to a Palestinian entity and those people being deprived of their Israeli citizenship. So, you know, gives you an idea of what are some of the core issues for him. Yeah, and it's also something that is kind of in contrast with Yair Lapid, who I think uh, deep down Yair Lapid holds very similar views to offer Shelach on a lot of these issues, but I think he is much uh, more careful of expressing them um, for a number of reasons. Firstly, because he thinks they won't help him in the polls with the Israeli voter who are not concerned with these issues. Also, he knows that he is, uh, in or I mean, or his theory is that in order to uh, perform better uh, in elections, he will need to get votes from more right-wing Israelis. And so he thinks that uh, talking about uh, these issues, like mentioning, uh, like unlike Ofer Shelach, who will mention like things such as like the doesn't have a problem talking about the occupation and settlements as an obstacle to peace. Um, whereas Yair Lapid will, despite probably be- believing that, he 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 decides to focus on economic issues, on issues that are 
more on the government's poor handling of the COVID-19 pandemic, things that are more consensus, um, focusing on Netanyahu's legal issues, obviously, as well. Um, But a a stark contrast, um, I would say. So I think that's also important. Uh, yeah, and I, I want to be clear, we're not, you know, making a value judgment on either Lapid or Shalach. I mean, they're, they're, as you've laid out, there are merits to both modes of operating. I mean, on the one hand, you have uh, Lapid's MO, um, which, you know, it, it's hard to look back and, and think of Kaholavan as a successful venture uh, because it broke up. But really, until uh, Benny Gantz made the decision to dissolve that alliance and go into government with Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. I mean, at one time, Kachol Levan was the largest party or the largest faction in the Knesset, and they got there running a campaign that was kind of true to this Lapid style that you've been talking about, which is like a little more vague on the substantive issues, like a little bit more about personality. I mean, all of the elections were kind of about uh, Netanyahu's personality and uh, his corruption and like personal issues, not uh, substantive policy issues. So, you know, there's something to be said for that. On the flip side, you know, you could question the longevity of that kind of venture. How long can a party get by just going off of personality? And, uh, you know, we've seen Israeli parties in the center of the political map pop up and disappear and not leave a trace. Um, you know, the, the, probably the most obvious one is Kadima, um, which, you know, was also at one point the largest party in Israel, eclipsing even Netanyahu's Likud and is nowhere to be seen these days. So, um, you know, where the Labour Party, um, is another example of a fading entity that was once a giant in Israeli politics, Labour for many, many decades. So, you know, they're, they're, yeah, there are good there are good points on both sides, and 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 Shalach, I think has has said that he sees this as an issue of the party's identity. Like you know, they need to be clear about who they are, what they stand for, and Lapid clearly has a, a different way of of operating on this area. Yeah, yeah, no, and I I do think that Yair Lapid deserves a great deal of credit for what he has accomplished in Israeli politics. I think a lot when he entered politics, a lot of people thought that it would be one election kind of undone, and I think he's surprised uh, everyone in terms of uh, just how well he's performed, and he's really created a party with with real structure and with a lot of uh, volunteers and infrastructure across the country, and definitely something that he should be proud of, um, but this is going to be a question uh, for him. Um, there were talks about holding leadership primaries um, in in Yashatid, I think there was some mention in the original like founding of Yashatid about there being I don't know if it was like ten years or a certain amount of time before primaries w- uh, would be held. Uh, but I think it's definitely something uh, to be to be discussed, and will be interesting to see uh, how it plays out. We did see Lapid respond um, to Shelach's uh, uh, remarks. Um, but it seems that he is, for the most part, trying to buy some time. And I think this kind of may have caught him a bit off guard. Um, he didn't address it directly, but he said that uh, if we go through such a process, it must be done in an organized and structured way. 
and that it takes time. He doesn't want to shorten the process. Um, parties are not changed from one day to the next, that kind of thing. Yeah. And, and, you know, like you said, he, he may be punting a little on this. I mean, to Lapid's point, if Israel is heading to elections in the next year, which seems very likely because Prime Minister Netanyahu is right now in this arrangement with Benny Gantz, where he is supposedly uh, obligated to hand off the premiership to Gantz at the end of the first 18 months of this government. And I think we all know that's very unlikely that he's going to want to do that. So they'll probably have to have snap elections. There had been rumors and murmurs of it happening uh, sooner. And for now, they've been avoided. But again, this is probably something that's in the offing. Um, it might not be set the strongest position for a party to go into the elections uh, breaking up again. I mean, the Israeli opposition, and to the extent that there is still an Israeli center and Israeli left, uh, specifically, have undergone a kind of like political balkanization that you don't have one big party. I mean, Yeshatid is the largest party in the opposition, but not by much. And you look at the polling with like the rise of Yamina, the, the far right party of Naftali Bennett, Nayelet Shaked, um, even the joint list, the, the predominantly Israeli Arab faction is approaching Yeshatid in terms of numbers. You don't have like this dominant opposition faction in the way that Kahol Lavan was or in the way that in its heyday, uh, labor was or, or, or Kadima at its height, like, um, so for the party to undergo another kind of split, I mean, Lapid in the same uh, breath as saying the things that you were just quoting, he also said that if there were to be a primary and if he were to lose, he would still stay in Yeshatid. But I have to wonder if Ofer Shelach, for example, would keep Telem, the right wing faction of Moshe Yalon, which is currently still partnered with Yeshatid. Officially, it's like Yeshatid Telem, if he would keep them on or would there be another split? like another, another dissolution. So, you know, you have the, the, all these different uh, alliances that we've seen, Kachol Lavan, the, the democratic camp, um, democratic union and, and uh, the Zionist union and, and over the past couple of years, and they've all split up and reformed and parties have disappeared. Um, you have right now a couple of like one or two man factions uh, in, in the Knesset. I mean, for example, labor, uh, one third of labor is Merav Michaeli in the opposition and two-thirds of labor, you have Itzik Shmuley and Amir Peretz in the government. So, Exactly. And, and I mean, the Labor Party are an example of a, a party that has frequent leadership primaries. And we have seen like where that has led them in recent years. Um, clearly, uh, not, <laughs> not, they ha- they're not in a good place. I mean, they had that, they had uh, Avi Gabay replaced by Amir Peretz. Who now? I mean, Eli, Eli, you yeah. had a lot of faith in uh, Avi Gabay. Oh, I did. When he was polling, when he was polling, I mean, he was neck and neck. I, there was one poll at least where he was like, he must have had twenty four or twenty five seats. Listen, I got, I was, I was excited. I was excited. Uh, the poll got me excited. You know, I get excited by polls, but I think a lot of people were excited. Listen, it's always nice, and when, and I'm sure that. If Yeshatid were to have primaries, and I think Lapid is very popular among Yeshatid supporters um, and, and Yeshatid members and people that would vote, and I think it could give uh, new momentum to the party as well, but I think it'll get also, there are obviously positives and negatives to such a move. Right. So I don't think it would be like a complete disaster. And also at a time when you have like the Labour Party kind of in complete disarray, um, 
it's unclear like what merits and like the democratic uh camp and Yair Golan's thing like what's going on over there um there's kind of a real opportunity to rebuild the Israeli uh center left or whatever you want to call it and the question is will uh, a primary process that involves like that, that could help or at the same time it could have like you said it could cause more splits and more uh, more fragmented uh, political map uh, which obviously is not helpful because we also have that 3.25% electoral threshold which we've seen to be a problem um, for a lot of parties and it w- there are a lot of pros and cons here so it's just something interesting uh, to keep our eyes on. Yeah, and, and, and fairness to you also, I want to circle back because we always rag on you about the Abigail thing, but you're right, he was polling well, and, you know, whenever there's a fresh face, they poll well, and I think people have become cynical to this idea that, you know, well, everyone is just the next Abigail They're you know, they'll poll well for a moment, and then they're not going to live up to their promise, uh, but, you know, that's true until it isn't. I mean, Benny Gantz was a, a fresh face. And again, it, it feels strange to talk about Gantz as a successful Israeli politician, because right now that's probably not the most accurate way to describe him. Uh, but that was more by dint of uh, a decision that he made to dissolve his own party. But in terms of bringing in the numbers, I mean, for the first time in 10 years, uh, you had an Israeli political faction outperform Likud under Netanyahu. So... And that was Kachol Lavan, and that was, you know, that was new faces. That was Benny Gantz and Gabi Ashkenazi. And that was also, and that was also a, a Gantz-Lapid ticket. Yes. Yeah. And Lapid was in there. And, and, and to your point about, you know, Lapid's popularity, uh, certainly I don't think Yair Lapid, uh, administers or, or runs Yeshatid in the same, authoritarian fashion that Netanyahu deals with his own party and dissent within his own party. But it is, you know, he did establish uh, Yeshatid. Um, and it is kind of like his personal political project. And it is, it would be interesting uh, to see how does the party perform without him? Because in a lot of ways, the party is like his personal political brand and, and its success can be attributed to the extent that people like Yair Lapid as a personality and as a political figure himself, not necessarily uh, super invested in the platform of Yeshatid as a political party in the same way that people maybe have in the past been more loyal to these like legacy parties like Labour, not today, but you know previously or Likud and so on and so forth. Well, we'll have to see what happens and we'll have to see what the Atid is for Yeshatid. Get it? Come on, that was good. Wait, do you, do you mean like what the Atid is like, what, what the future is? What the future is for Yesh Atid. Get that it? is, that is so clever. That is never, clever. Cause you know what Yesh Atid, Yesh Atid means. I, 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 it's just dawning on me. I mean, there is a future. There is a future. Wow. Incredible. I, I, and I never thought of it. And so we're asking if there is a future. When, when we talk about, for there is a future. Atid, when we talk about IPF Atid. <laughs> There, this is, this is, that's why I, I never knew, Eli. You have enlightened me. That is so cool. Wow. Is there an Atid for Yeshatid? Well, is there an Atid? Really funny, really original. I, I think you, you might be the first one to have thought of that joke. Maybe you should try and run a headline like that. No, I mean, that's what, I mean, we're probably, that's probably going to be the name of this podcast. An Atid for Yeshatid? Question mark. I think I just thought of the name of the podcast. Wow. Well, there will be no Eli Evan back and forth over Slack about what we should name the podcast because I think we just thought of it live. You heard it here first. 
Well, actually, you probably read it first when you clicked play on this podcast, so that's not true. But you heard me say this here first. Something, something, something. I'm trailing off, so I think we got to end. Thank you for tuning in. Stay well, stay healthy, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Israel Policy Pod. שמעתי הרבה את המושג מקדם הדבקה R. מה זה אומר? זאת שאלה טובה. 